Hello and welcome to the Daily Homily with Father Kevin Drew. Father Drew is the pastor of St. Anne's Church in Excelsior Springs, Missouri. Father Drew's Daily Mass can be heard weekdays at 11 Central on Catholic Radio Network Channel Gabriel 2. And now, here's Father Drew. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. See, my servant shall prosper. He shall be raised high and greatly exalted. Even as many were amazed at him, so marred was his look beyond human semblance and his appearance beyond that of the sons of man. So shall he startle many nations. Because of him, kings shall stand speechless. For those who have not been told shall see. Those who have not heard shall ponder it. Who would believe what we have heard? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up like a sapling before him, like a shoot from the parched earth. There was in him no stately bearing to make us look at him, nor appearance that would attract us to him. He was spurned and avoided by people, a man of suffering, accustomed to infirmity, one of those from whom people hide their faces, spurned, and we held him in no esteem. Yet it was our infirmities that he bore, our sufferings that he endured, while we thought of him as stricken, as one smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our offenses, crushed for our sins. Upon him was the chastisement that makes us whole. By his stripes we were healed. We had all gone astray like sheep, each following his own way. But the Lord laid upon him the guilt of us all. Though he was harshly treated, he submitted and opened not his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, or a sheep before the shearers, he was silent and opened not his mouth. Oppressed and condemned, he was taken away. And who would have thought any more of his destiny when he was cut off from the land of the living and smitten for the sin of his people? A grave was assigned him among the wicked and a burial place with evildoers, though he had done no wrong nor spoken any falsehood. But the Lord was pleased to crush him in infirmity. If he gives his life as an offering for sin, he shall see his descendants in a long life and the will of the Lord shall be accomplished through him. Because of his affliction, he shall see the light and fullness of days. Through his suffering, my servant shall justify many, and their guilt he shall bear. Therefore, I will give him his portion among the great, and he shall divide the spoils with the mighty, because he surrendered himself to death and was counted among the wicked. And he shall take away the sins of many and win pardon for their offenses. The word of the Lord. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews, brothers and sisters, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has similarly been tested in every way, yet without sin. So let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and to find grace for timely help. In the days when Christ was in the flesh, he offered prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And when he was made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. The word of the Lord. Earthly kings rise up in revolt. Princes conspire together against the Lord and his anointed. That is Psalm 2 in the Bible. It is featured in the Divine Office of Readings, the church's official prayer, for Good Friday. Notice how the charges against Christ changed in the gospel. The charge in front of the Sanhedrin is the religious charge of blasphemy. When they haul him in front of Pontius Pilate, the charge suddenly becomes political. 
treason. Why? Well, because Pilate would have laughed if the charge was blasphemy. Pilate didn't care about the Jews' God. He had his own gods. So Christ ended up too religious for the Jews and too political for the Romans. He couldn't win. Bishop Sheen had a reflection on this shortly after World War II ended in 1945. He wondered if there really were any new things in the world. Perhaps he wondered the same things happened over and over to different people. For example, Sheen said, take the relation of religion and politics. There are two contradictory charges against religion today. The first is that religion is not political enough. The other is that religion is too political. It can't win. Quote, on the one hand, the church is blamed for being too divine. On the other hand, she's blamed for not being divine enough. It is hated because it is too heavenly and hated because it is too earthly. Caiaphas found Christ too religious. Pilate found him too political. The church was accused of not being political enough in its condemnation of the pagan Nazis during World War II, but is charged with being too political when it condemns atheistic Marxism. As a priest, I'm on occasion told to stop meddling in politics. How would have Bishop Sheen answered those types of complaints? Quote, if by interference in politics is meant judging or condemning a, a philosophy of life that makes the state the source of all rights, one that usurps the soul and enthrones the party over conscience, well, then yes, I guess I have been meddling in politics. But not really, for such politics is no longer politics, but theology, religion. Quote, when a state sets itself up as absolute as God when it claims sovereignty over the soul, when it destroys freedom of conscience and freedom of religion, then the state is seized to be political and has begun to be a counter-church. The danger today is not religion and politics, but politics and religion. Quote, it's extending dominance over areas outside its province, family, education, and the soul. This is nothing new. It was Christ who suffered under Pilate. It was not Pilate who suffered under Christ. The problem is the same today. The modern state is armed and the church is not. If Christ will not save himself from it, neither can we. We have to see his purpose in it all. Perhaps because of our lack of zeal, we are losing our freedoms. Not until we bear the marks of Christ, Sheen wrote, will we be liberated in his victory. Modern civilization has conquered the world, but in doing so, it has lost its soul. But we can take heart. As Sheen wrote, whatever the causes of the present evils we face, we may be certain it was not Pilate who signed Christ's death warrant. It was Christ. Who signed pilots? So, take warning. Earthly kings who rise up in revolt. Princes who conspire together against the Lord and his anointed. Christ's church will be attacked from within and without. It will be scorned and ridiculed. But it will never be destroyed. Destroyed. 